0: Bob Bernie
1: live. It's a Wednesday. Yeah. How do I know? Well, I just looked at my computer and it told me it's Wednesday. <laughs> Isn't it terrible that sometimes you have to check to see what day it is? Anyway, happy Wednesday to you. Uh, you're listening to Bob Bernie live, and my name just happens to be Bob Bernie. What a coincidence! Here's my telephone number, 877-BOB-LIVE, 877-262-5483. I have said this quite often in the last couple of years, just as a warning for all of us. We have come to the place where if you are a Bible-believing follower of Jesus Christ, it is very possible, it's not yet probable, but it is very possible that you will have to pay a price for your allegiance to Jesus and to his word, uh, particularly on your job. Now, again, it's not probable yet, Uh, But it was not long ago uh, that it was not really even thinkable that a Christian who was simply believing what Christians have believed for the last 2,000 years would have to pay a price professionally or whatever. We are there, and more and more fellow believers in Christ— are paying a price, particularly in the workplace. Now, none of us should be surprised. We were warned by Jesus over and over and over again in the New Testament, uh, in the Gospels, and then the writers of the rest of the New Testament warned us as well. Uh, Jesus told his disciples, listen, guys, the world hates me. The world is going to hate you. In spite uh, of—I'm going to get into the he-gets-us thing a little later in the program again, simply because it's in the news Uh, again—Jesus was persecuted. Jesus was hated. Uh, The the common attitude of— The politicians and even the religious leaders of Jesus' day was not. Oh, wonderful. That cool guy Jesus is coming. He is so nice. He is so cool. That was not the feeling of much of the world around him. Now, at one time, there were thousands of people who followed him, followed him, followed him. But because he was handing out stuff. He was feeding people and healing people and raising people from the dead. It was not because he was God and the Son of God. It was because they wanted stuff. And then when that stopped, and it did, they left him. And ultimately, they crucified him. Uh, anyway, I'm trying to give an introduction to this story. Uh, it was it was just not long ago that it was very very rare that a Christian would be punished or even persecuted for simply believing truth and traditional values. Th- those days are gone. Here is another illustration: a California teacher, a uh, female. In the um, Urupa, I lived in California, but I've never heard of this place, J-U-R-U-P-A. I'm assuming that's Urupa. I don't think it's Jurupa because of the Spanish. Urupa Unified School District. She has been fired from her position as a, I believe she is uh, or was, a middle school teacher. And the reason she has been fired is that she was told by the principal of her school and the leaders of her school district, uh, if, a, if one of your students confides in you that they are transgender, uh, that they are same-sex attracted, You cannot tell the parents. You must hide this fact from the parents. And if necessary, you need to be willing to lie to the parents in order to protect the child. She couldn't do that. She could not do that. Her name, Jessica Tapia, she said this, quote, I knew immediately like in my gut, in my heart, in my soul. There was a decision I had to make because, you know, these two things were totally butting heads. I essentially had to pick one. Am I going to obey the district in the directive that are not lining up with my own beliefs, convictions, and faith? Or am I going to stay true, choose my faith, choose to be obedient to the way the Lord has called me to live? And so it was crazy to be in this position where I realized I could not be a Christian and a teacher. What a situation. She said, I realized, and again I'm quoting, I realized that I could not be a Christian and a teacher. Uh Fox News got hold of a uh, an announcement, a letter to her which said, and I quote, consequently the district will release, well pardon me, consequently the district will release you from your employment effective at the end of the day on January 31st, 2023. Wow. Um, Let's see. A letter signed by Assistant Superintendent of Human Resources. This is wild. But this is a quote from a letter signed by the Assistant Superintendent of Human Resources. Based on your religious beliefs, you cannot be dishonest with parents. If asked about a student's gender identity by a parent, you cannot refer the parent to a counselor, defy the inquiry, and suggest they speak with a student. The district cannot accommodate your religious beliefs. Can I repeat that? This is a direct quote from a letter of dismissal sent to Jessica Tapia in the Europa Unified School District in California. The district cannot accommodate your religious beliefs. Um, I am hoping and I am assuming that she is going to sue the district on constitutional grounds. And I cannot imagine even the most liberal judge not ruling that that statement alone Again, the district cannot accommodate your religious beliefs. What? Um, The uh, story from Fox News does not tell me yet uh, whether she is going to sue. I'm assuming that she will. I would imagine that the uh, ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom, would be very happy to defend her. And uh, stranger things have happened. But I can't imagine that she would lose. The school district cannot accommodate your religious beliefs. Um, We do still have a constitution? Wow.
0: Bob Bernie Bernie live. Live. Looking at today's news through a biblical worldview.
1: If you were listening yesterday, I spent a little bit of time talking about Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg and uh, the severe criticism that he is receiving for uh, basically ignoring a horrific train derailment here in Ohio that will probably impact that community and many other communities For possibly decades. I'm not a sensationalist, but it's very possible that this could impact that community and others, particularly downstream and downwind, for a long, long time. And he completely ignored it for 10 full days. Nothing about it. He obviously didn't travel there. Now, you would think Secretary of Transportation, who is the one person in America that has more power and authority over the rails, over the train lines, than anyone else. More influence, more power than anyone else. And he was completely silent for 10 days. Now, during those 10 days, he talked about a lot of things. Um, He said there were too many white people in construction— The construction industry is, in essence, racist because there are too many white people. In spite of the fact that the liberals not long ago were saying, why does the construction industry only hire minorities? That's like slave labor. You know, uh, they—anyway. Well— some are saying, well, he's just really, really busy and he doesn't have time to respond. Well, I know you've heard. <coughs> Pardon me, I know you've heard about the uh, tragedy at Michigan State University. The uh, gunman who killed three uh, injured some others pretty critically uh, before he turned the gun on himself. Well, In literally just hours, Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, responds to the shooting at Michigan State University and goes on a rampage about gun control. Okay. Now, my question. What does the Department of Transportation have to do with gun control? Um... Almost nothing. What does the uh, Department of Transportation have to do with safety on university campuses? Mm, I can't think of anything. I can't think how the Department of Transportation relates to a tragedy on a university campus at all. And yet, literally within hours, he becomes very outspoken on the need for gun control, the end of gun violence, and so on and so forth. So he has time to tweet, comment, respond to things that have absolutely nothing to do with his office, his authority, his power, his responsibility, his influence. But he remains completely silent on something that his department has everything to do with. Um, The uh, governor has held several press conferences, Governor DeWine, about the uh, train derailment, and good for him. And uh, by the way, you may have heard about the controversy, a news reporter, TV reporter, was manhandled, slammed to the ground, and arrested at a uh, press conference a couple of days ago. A terrible thing. He was not really being disruptive. He was not he was certainly not trespassing. He was at a press conference called by the governor himself. Uh, Attorney General Dave Yost has weighed in on it. They're launching an investigation because it was certainly a violation of the reporters' constitutional rights and so forth. But anyway, my my point is, uh, National Guard has had press conferences. Local authorities have had press conferences. The EPA has held press conferences. Uh, The governor has held a press conference. There have been numerous Situations where it would have been extremely appropriate for the Secretary of Transportation to show up and say, hey, this is this is my job. This is our office. This is our department. And I just want you to know we are on this. We're investigating it. We're going to make sure this doesn't happen again. I am here representing the Biden administration, assuring the residents of East Palestine and these surrounding areas, we've got your back, we're going to take care of this. Instead, he's talking about too many white people, talking about gun control, talking about a tragedy on a university campus, but almost nothing about something that he really could do something about. As one of my listeners said yesterday, yeah, he is a train wreck.